Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What's up, y'all? We are back with another edition of the DNBR Rams podcast. As always, I'm your host, Justin Michael. It's late night, Tuesday nights. I was able to hop on a roundtable discussion earlier this evening with the Ram Nation guys, as well as Tyler Shannon and Kevin Lytle. That was a lot of fun. I appreciate them including me on that. I think you guys are going to enjoy it. A lot of different perspectives. Uh, it was like an hour and a half long, so plenty to dive into. Obviously, I just wanted to make sure I shouted that out. Uh, I want to thank everybody for the kind responses, for the uh, nice messages I keep getting in regards to my dad. Uh, if you could continue to keep him in your prayers, I certainly would appreciate it. It's been a long week, guys. I'm not going to lie. I know that I'm behind on content right now, and I apologize for that. But I, I mean, I just, I've got some bigger things on my plate at the moment, and I hope everybody understands that. Hoping to get caught up, though, over these next 48 to 72 hours. Obviously, I have a big game coming up this weekend against Boise State. Homecoming weekend, an opportunity to wipe the slate clean after a really deflating, really humbling performance against Utah State. Uh, We're going to dive into some of the biggest issues for the Rams right now. We're going to talk about how CSU can help itself because I do think there are some small things the Rams can do differently that would make a major difference. Uh, We're going to outline CSU's path to a bowl game, which I still think is realistic, although you know it it obviously got harder after this past weekend. In the intro here, I'm just going to briefly run through my updated top 25 in college football. There are currently no Mountain West teams ranked in the AP poll. I have two Mountain West teams in my top 25. I just think that Air Force and Wyoming should both be ranked given the current landscape. Um, There's a lot of movement this past week. It was a fun national slate to consume. I mean, uh, even when it's tough as a CSU supporter, there's still plenty of action to dive into. Uh, But let's just get into it. Last week, for the first time in like two years, I had Georgia not at number one. I put Michigan in that top spot. I kept them at the top spot despite Georgia's response performance against Kentucky. Absolutely kicked the crap out of them. I just think Michigan is the the most complete team right now. It's kind of tough to gauge given the, the lack of competition that they've had to survive thus far. They also didn't have their coach for four games, so I kind of factored that into it as well. But I've got Michigan one, Georgia two. Really solid response from the Bulldogs. They heard us saying, you're not quite as dominant. They uh, they came out and they put it on Kentucky. At three, I've got Washington. I just think that offense with Michael Penix Jr. and Romo Dunze is borderline unstoppable, and I think they're the best team in the Pac-12, although uh, Oregon really making things interesting. I've got Florida State at four. Nice win for them after kind of sputtering against Boston College, having a couple of close games. Obviously, that Clemson win doesn't look quite as impressive, but still, I think they have a really solid resume. I think what they've got... Going on with Keon Coleman, that wide receiver, and and just Jordan Travis. They're a lot of fun to watch. I've got Penn State at five, Oklahoma at six, all the way up from 10 after beating 
Texas in the Red River shootout. I had Texas at two last week. They fall to seven after dropping the game against OU, who I had at 10 last week. On paper, I think that Texas is more talented, but kudos to OU for pulling it out. They made me some money as well. I I really was not shocked, given that they lost 49-0 the year before, and you could see with the way they were hitting that they wanted that game. Love good rivalry. It's the great equalizer in, in any game. Um, I have Oregon at 8, Alabama at 9, USC 10. Oregon's a team that I think you could make an argument that they should be higher um, if they can pick up some big Pac-12 wins in these next couple of weeks. I think they'll be firmly in that top five range. Bonix really impressing. I mean, I've, I've been a Bonix hater going back to his days at Auburn, but he's shown a ton of growth as a quarterback, and then you got to shout him out for that. Alabama's D-line finally coming together. Uh, Dallas Turner especially is just really killing it at edge. I don't know if they have enough offensively to survive the gauntlet that is the SEC, but they pick up a big win over AM. And uh, USC, I just, until they decide to play defense, until they decide to tackle, I cannot take them seriously as a legit contender. Caleb Williams is insane, but they should have lost again. They should have lost to Arizona this past weekend. Really fun game late night on uh, ESPN. Went to triple OT. By the way, college football changed the overtime rules back. The alternating two-point conversions thing after the two overtimes sucks. So dumb. Like, you already weren't deciding the game with real football. It's a fun way to do it. I have no beef with the alternating possessions, but games so rarely go past double overtime. I just, I hate the gimmick ending. I hate when when sports do stuff like that. I understand the argument behind it. You're trying to just get the game over with, limit how many snaps these guys have to play, but... Still, I just would have loved to have seen that keep going. Um, Anyways, getting back on track after blowing out Syracuse and just a great performance from Drake May. I've got North Carolina up at 11, the highest I've had them all season. I'd like to see them win the ACC. I like Mac Brown. Drake May's a stud. They've got the sick uniforms. They're just fun to watch. I've got Utah at 12, but I think they're the team that's going to probably throw a wrench in the Pac-12's national championship hopes this fall. They're just so tough, and they've been doing all this without having Cam Rising, basically with a third-string quarterback for the entire season. I mean, if they can get Cam Rising and he can be healthy enough to even be a shell of himself, this Utah team's going to be very dangerous. Uh, I've got Ole Miss at 13, picked up a big win over LSU after falling to Alabama. Another team that could make some noise in the, the SEC, but defensively, have some questions. I have got Washington State at 14. They drop a couple of spots after losing to UCLA. Just self-inflicted wounds, man. It's a shame. Bunch of turnovers, just dumb stuff. Uh, I've got Oregon State at 15, just below Washington State, only because Wazoo beat them head-to-head. Then I've got Louisville, who makes a big jump. I only had them at 24 last weekend. All the way up to 16 after destroying Notre Dame. Duke 17, Tennessee 18, Notre Dame down to 19 after getting blown out by Louisville. Kansas jumps into the top 25 for me. I have them at 20. I have Air Force 21, Kentucky 22. They fall a little bit, but I mean, losing to Georgia, it's not that big of a deal. I've got Wyoming at 24. I think it's a shame that they're not ranked. And uh, I've got Miami at 25. I wanted to drop them out after... The way they lost that game, it's insane that Mario Cristobal has done that not once, but twice in his career. All they had to do is knee the ball out. You try to run, you know, you fumble it, you turn it over, the other team finds a way to steal it. Just a joke. I mean, absolute joke, but they they only have one loss on the season. I don't want to get too overreactionary. 
I did have them all the way at 17 the week before, but wow, that's that's one of the dumbest ways I've ever seen a team lose. To me, that's more inexcusable than the special teams debacle CSU had at, at Utah State under Adazio, like the Boise State game, even this past weekend. I mean, Logan just continues to be a house of horrors for the Rams. <laughs> Anyways, we'll move on. Uh, we're going to talk about the biggest issues for CSU right now, how the Rams can help themselves, and we'll lay out their path to a bowl. Do want to shout out our friends over at Saturday Neon. It's a local company, and they make the sickest officially licensed collegiate logo LED neon signs. Whether you're a diehard fan or a casual supporter, you're going to love the way these bad boys light up in green and gold. Saturday neon signs are made with high-quality materials. They're backed by a two-year warranty. They ship with everything you need to mount, power, and dim, so every sign is easy to install and operate. What's cool is you know they're legit because they're officially licensed for 19 select schools, including CU, CSU, Arizona, Alabama, Auburn, Wisconsin, so many more. These things are great for man caves. They're great for offices, dorm rooms. If you have a bar area, definitely perfect for that. I've got the holidays coming up. Would make a great gift for a CSU fan in your life. Go to SaturdayNeon.com, use the code DNVR, get 10% off your order today. Free shipping for orders over $200. I also want to shout out the world's largest sports book. Of course, I'm talking about the Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, Vegas's first ever adult-only casino resort. They've got a three-story stadium-style sports book. It takes 10 people to operate their 78 million pixel screen. Great food options from Victory Burger and Wings Company. They've got Project Barbecue, both those places slap. 7,000 square foot casino with two levels, over 1,300 slots, 48 table games with dancing dealers. And we're not even talking about Stadium Swim, which is obviously the, the big highlight. You can sit in a pool and like they have over 15,000 feet of wet area. I mean, it's multiple pools, but you can watch an epic, just massive sports screen and, you know, take in all of the, the action poolside. It's, it's truly living the high life. If you're heading out to Vegas anytime soon, maybe for CSU UNLV, Broncos Raiders, Avs Golden Knights, uh, book your stay at Circa with the code DNVR20 and get 20% off your stay. Again, use that code at DNVR20 for 20% off of the Circa Resort and Casino at Las Vegas. You're going to love it. Also, you can download the Circa Sports app in the state of Colorado. Circa Sports bets can be made while physically located in the state of Colorado. Must be 21 or older. All rights reserved. Circa Sports Colorado encourages you to gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call or text 1-800-GAMBLER or visit problemgamblingcolorado.org. All right, let's get on into this here. Let's talk about the areas the Rams need to improve. Let's talk about the things they need to clean up if they want to keep their hopes of reaching the postseason alive. Haven't made a bowl game since 2017. Obviously, the the path became much more challenging after losing this game against Utah State going back to like June. I mean, when we really started to preview the year, I highlighted the importance of the Rams being a good team on the road I just think with the way the schedule played out, they were almost they almost had to have a winning record on the road in order to reach the postseason. And it sucks because you've now had two games slip away from you in which you had double digit leads at CU and Utah State. Uh, this game ended up being a disaster in the end. You lose by 20 after going up 17-0 in that in that first half there. And I think that's a good place to start, which is just the lack of consistency from this team. Talked about it on that roundtable discussion earlier this evening for Ram Nation. But, 
I mean, we're almost halfway through the season and the Rams have yet to play a four-quarter game. That's very alarming. It's almost cost them in a couple of wins. It was a major factor in the loss to CU. It certainly was a factor in this game against Utah State. But they've got to find a way to just get some consistency and, and not be on such a roller coaster all the time. I mean, we'll talk about that a little bit more as well. But I think the big thing that this team has to clean up is, is the explosive plays allowed. I mean, you look at this last game alone, you give up touchdowns of 22 yards, 24 yards, 76 yards, 51 yards, uh, 19 yards, and 48 yards. All 10-plus, most of them 20-plus, a couple 50-plus-yard t- touchdowns. That's just unacceptable at any level. I mean, it's completely backbreaking, guys. And the the really unfortunate part was that a couple of those came on third and long, which is another issue the Rams need to improve on. They've just got to be better at getting off of the field on third down. It was an issue against Middle Tennessee State in that first half, especially. It was an issue late against CU. Um, It was a huge issue against Washington State. And in a lot of ways, this Utah State game kind of resembled that ugly Washington State performance. But I mean... If you go back to that second half in that Utah State game, I think on that first touchdown of the second half, it's third and 11. And if you give up a conversion there, that's disappointing. But to give up a 76-yard touchdown in that instance, it's just demoralizing. It was a major issue in this loss against Utah State, but it's been a problem in every game the Rams have played this season. The, the explosive plays allowed, whether it's Utah Tech, whether it's CU, Washington State, Middle Tennessee State, I mean, they, they keep giving up these touchdowns of 30-plus yards, and it's just really hard to, to live that way. Another area where it's hard to, to live is when you're giving up as many penalties as CSU has. I mean, they're one of the most penalized teams in the conference and really in the entire nation, and it's those self-inflicted wounds that are particularly brutal for the Rams right now. Penalties and turnovers, which is obviously the... The other area you can look at, I mean, you, you can't turn the ball over five times and expect to win. It's just not going to happen very often. I know Utah State turned it over four times and still won by 20, but that's an anomaly. I've said said it before. I'll say it again. Blake Anderson's Utah State era, they're the weirdest team of all time. Going down 20 and winning is just a thing that feels normal for them. It really does. Like if any team was going to do that, it was definitely them. Still really deflating, though, especially when you look at uh, the, the areas where the Rams beat themselves, and that's a big area where Braden Fowler Nicolosi needs to improve. He's done a lot of great things for this offense. He's created a spark. He's given his guys an opportunity, but there have also been instances where he's just tried to do too much, and he's put the team in a bad spot by you know forcing it, and that's what happens when you have a redshirt freshman quarterback, but it's just something that they have to clean up. I mean, they can't continue to give the ball away like this, especially in the red zone. They've had a ton of red zone turnovers this year, which is brutal. As far as how CSU can help itself, can clean up some of these things, um, you, you got to find a way to limit the explosive plays. You know, maybe you're you're being too aggressive at, at times, especially in coverage, you know, just kind of be willing to sacrifice, you know, an eight-yard gain and, and come up and, and make the tackle instead of, you know, trying to, to make the big play and getting burned for a 76-yard touchdown. like at, There are times where you've just got to live to fight another day, to choose to lay up, you know, like whatever metaphor you want to use here. But basically, you want to kind of try and replicate how CSU played defensively for the first three quarters or so against CU. 
for the second half against Middle Tennessee State. Um, I guess you could say the second half against Utah Tech too. But essentially, you know, just gang tackles, swarm to the ball, be willing to to give up, you know, five, six, seven yards at a time, but continually force the opposing offenses to drive the length of the field on you, which I've said a million times, that's hard to do. It's hard to execute that consistently when you're only getting, you know, four, five, six yards at a time. It's hard to do that all the way up and down the field. Ben, don't break. That needs to be the goal because right now you are just getting killed with explosive runs and explosive passes. And it's going to be hard to win this way if that keeps happening. Another area where the Rams can help themselves is play to their strengths offensively. I feel like there were times where there were guys open underneath and, you know, they were kind of trying to force it downfield this past week. You know, take those crossers when they're there to you. I know Utah State was throwing a lot more zone at BFN than what he had seen in weeks before. He'd really kind of carved up man at times. But just take what the defense has given you. You know, not everything has to be a shot play. Use the crossers, use the the quick screens and stuff like that as an extension of the run. And then also establish the run. They're in a weird spot given all the injuries with the running backs. They do have to find a way to get that run game going. I'd like to see a little bit more creativity as far as some of those play calls go. I'd like to see them maybe bust out some of that pistol formation that we saw last year. That was a thing that they incorporated at Nevada and had found some success with the ground game. Mummy told me the reason they stuck with it at CSU last year was they had just found that it was easier to run the ball more consistently that way. I'd like to see some of that. Um, But you just got to be able to run the ball a little bit. You know, it doesn't have to be your identity, but I mean, especially as you get into these conference games, as it gets colder, there are times where, you know, you're going to have to really out physical another team. Plus, I mean, it's a great way to sustain drives when your passing offense isn't clicking like this past weekend. It's big for staying on the, the field and eating up some clock, you know, giving your defense some help. One of the things that we talked about on that Ram Nation roundtable that I hadn't really considered is just how much time that CSU's defense has had to spend on the field these last couple of games. Even like when the Rams have had some offensive success, it's been a lot of big plays. Like you look at those passing touchdowns to Torrey the week before. He obviously had the the punt return this game. I mean, it's just a lot of times where the defense is not getting very much rest because either the offense is going three and out or they're scoring in less than two minutes. But either way, the defense is still having to go out there and just eat up a, a lot of time. And I think they've gotten gassed. And I think that's a, a big problem with their consistency as well. But by just establishing any type of ground game, I think that's going to be big because I think it's going to help you stay on the field offensively, which in tune is going to help out your defense. It it takes some pressure off of your redshirt freshman quarterback, which, you know, in tune will hopefully, you know, limit some of the the turnovers you're producing. I mean, it, it just would help you in so many ways. Finally, and we already got into this a little bit earlier, but they've just got to cut back the penalties that they're taking right now. You can live with effort penalties, you know, the occasional pass interference, uh, the occasional unnecessary roughness. I mean, you don't want to play dirty, but you can you can deal with the plays where you're just trying to make a play and you go a little too hard. It's the procedural errors, you know, the false starts, the delay games. Those are really frustrating. Um, you know, they've had a lot of like personal fouls on third and long. That's brutal. Again, I mean, you can kind of live with guys when they're just trying to play hard, but you've also got to be aware of the moment you've got to play smart and it's just that fine line 
But I think, you know, repeatedly these penalties are coming back to, to bite the Rams in the butt. And uh, it could be a big factor if they ultimately miss the postseason. We're going to get into that. We're going to outline CSU's road or their path to the postseason. When you get hurt, though, Bax and Shanker are here to help. Bax and Shanker win for Colorado families. They've been helping those who are seriously injured in Colorado for more than 25 years. No upfront fee to speak with you about your case. No fee while they work on your case. No fee unless they win your case and win money for you. Bax and Shankers won over a billion dollars for their clients now with even more locations, serving all of Colorado, including neighborhood offices in Denver, Aurora, Inglewood, and Fort Collins. They have the strength and power to win your case with more than 30 lawyers and 100 staff. Bax and Shanker helps all kinds of injury cases where you weren't at fault. Car accidents, motorcycle, ride chairs, pedestrians, trucks, they can even help if you're injured at work. Call Bax and Shanker at 222-2222 to find out if you have a case for free. Bax and Shanker wins. Finally, you guys know that we love Breckenridge Brewery at DNVR, and that's because they've been doing it for 33 years. It all comes down to their love and passion for making good beer, and we appreciate a passionate local company here at DNVR. This month, the uh, the beer of the month is the Broncos Country Pale Ale. They recently revamped the recipe, so check that out. comes in a sick design, and uh, if you're having a couple of them on Thursday night, might numb the pain a little bit of watching the, the Chiefs beat us down for, I think, the 16th time in a row. Haven't beat them since 2015. It's a hard knock life, but uh, life's pretty good when you're sitting with a nice cold Breck Brew in hand. Check out the Breck Beer Locator at breckbrew.com. Find a brew near you. All right, all right, all right. The path to the postseason became more challenging with this past loss to Utah State. That said... I don't think that all hope is lost. I think if you take care of business in the games that you should, there is absolutely a realistic path to at least six and six. You're definitely going to have to steal one in a game in which you're underdogs. But I mean, San Diego State, Nevada, Hawaii, those all feel like winnable matchups. The Rams should be favored in every single one of those games, given that two out of three are at home. San Diego straight really reeling at the moment. Then you only got to take one out of Boise State, UNLV, Air Force, and Wyoming. Now, Boise State, um, they're in a weird spot offensively. They're kind of hard to gauge. They had a dramatic comeback win against San Jose State this past weekend, and the Spartans just continue to underwhelm. I still think Boise is probably as beatable as they've ever been. That said, given the the issues the Rams have right now with explosive plays allowed and Ashton Janty coming into town, you feel pretty pretty nervous. <laughs> He's so good. He can borderline beat you by himself with like a 240-yard game, four or five touchdowns on the ground. He's just an absolute stud. Uh, that said, Boise State's defense, their secondary especially, though they did do some nice things in that second half against San Jose State. They're a mess, and you know you, you figure if the Rams' offense can look anything like it had looked in those couple of games leading up to Utah State, you should at least have a chance. Homecoming, going to be a great crowd. You, know, you just want to be competitive. You know, Even in a loss, you just want to show that you're closer to the teams we saw against you know, CU, Middle Tennessee State, and not like second quarter Utah Tech or the final three quarters or so of that Utah State game. I don't know. You know, a couple of weeks ago, I probably would have gotten bold and said that CSU beats Boise State. Being completely honest with you, it would not shock me if they did because I do think these are both flawed teams kind of trying to establish an identity at the moment. I think both teams have 
some really impressive top end talent is just going to come down to who can put together a, a more complete performance uh, right now. I don't feel as great, but I just want to see more from this Rams team. I want to see a response. And then, you know, you go into a game against UNLV, which is going to be tough, far tougher than we expected coming in. But I, I don't think that's a game that's, you know, not winnable. And even Wyoming and Air Force, while, while they look great, I mean, offensively, I still have some questions about if what Wyoming is doing is sustainable for a 12-game season. They just keep finding ways to grind it out, so maybe it is. But, I mean, the context of the rivalry game, it's the great equalizer. You're going to see the Rams play with a lot of passion, maybe not quite the level of CU for Air Force, but they should. I mean, this is a program that kicks your ass every freaking year, so the Rams better be up for it. But, I mean, if you can just steal one of those games and you don't slip up against San Diego State, who is very beatable this year. I think they're worse than Utah State offensively. They're not nearly as dangerous defensively. They're a little more solid. Um, Nevada is the worst team in the FBS probably, although they have you know played a little tougher these last couple of weeks, and you know they're going to be up for that game against CSU, just given the context there. And then Hawaii, which is wonky i hate that spot if you're a five-win team going into that game it's going to feel very unnerving just given it's 10 p.m mountain time start oh i mean the house of horrors the island can be but defensively hawaii is their disaster as well so you, you should be able to move the ball on them this team is definitely a roller coaster at the moment there have been some highs you've clearly seen improvement when it comes to pass protection they're scoring a hell of a lot more than they did at any point last year. That's a lot more fun. This defensive line is dominant. You're seeing, you know, week after week, Mo Kamara just absolutely own out there. Uh, Newark Atkuth has come to life. We're seeing Grady Kelly do some great things in the interior. Quietly, one of the best NFL prospects on the roster. Obviously, Torrey Horton and Dallin Holker doing their things offensively. Like, there, there is a lot to like. And as bad as this past week was, it doesn't change that. But there have been some real lows. I mean, it's been a roller coaster. It's, you know, you've been at the top and then you have these dramatic dips and you feel nauseous at the end. But if you can just find a way to be a little bit more stable, to find a little bit more consistency, there is enough talent on this team to make the postseason. Absolutely. I think it'll be a disappointment if this group doesn't make the postseason. We're going to find out a lot about this team over the next month or so about what type of resilience they have what type of mentality that they have frankly we're going to find out you know just how far this program still has to come it seemed like it was starting to turn the corner there like things were heading in the right direction now you've kind of taken a dip you know you had a couple steps forward now you had a couple steps back how do you respond you know that there have been plenty of seasons where CSU teams have stumbled, you know, whether it was in the non-conference slate or early on in the Mountain West slate, and they found a way to respond. You know, 2013, you had dumb losses to Tulsa and San Jose State. I think back to 2015, I think the, the first year under Bobo. I mean, start the year just starts brutal with a pair of overtime losses to Minnesota and CU. Both, both games just completely slipped through your fingers. Then you respond, you know, you win the, the final four regular season games and then get into the postseason. I just mean... It's an up-and-down sport when you're playing with 18- to 21-year-olds, especially at this level when you're not at Georgia, when you're not in Alabama. It's not going to be perfect every week. Uh, that said, this team is its too talented to be 
as up and down as they seem to be. So I, I really hope that they figure it out here over these next seven weeks. I think the expectation still needs to be to reach a bowl game for the first time since 2017. Anything short of that, you know, barring some fluky circumstances, obviously we'll have to see what happens with Mo Kamara and Torrey Horton. If they're out for any extended period of time, you can probably kiss the postseason goodbye. But uh, this this team's too good to not at least go 500. So we'll see. We'll see how they respond. Uh, I'll be back with more content throughout the week. Again, thank you to everybody for their well wishes, for keeping my dad in your prayers. Uh, certainly my hero, one of the, the biggest reasons I am who I am today, including my love for CSU. Uh, we're, we're really tight, and it just uh, it means a lot to me that you know so many of you have have, you know, shown so much love and support and just have been concerned and, and stuff. It it means a lot. It's been tough. And, you know, the support from you guys, it it helps keep me going on some of these long days when I'm exhausted and maybe don't have it in me to, to podcast after what I've been through that day. But, you know, when I know that I have this Rams community that just shows me so much support, it, it really does keep me going. And, you know, you guys mean the world to me. So, I hope everybody is enjoying their fall. Nice to to be a little bit cooler out there. Uh, Looking forward to this weekend. Much love, y'all. Peace. Machetes at a deli in New Delhi Feeling scummy like Martin Scarelli Turn jam into jelly then drink it like juice But water's the truth so I sip on that too Skinny looking kid with no car keys Like the only thing I drive is RCRV's got the stash like Steve Harvey Oh I'm gnarly